Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 228 of the Ask the Coach show, where ping skills helps you improve your table tennis. The third ball in a rally is such an important aspect of table tennis, and today for the drill of the week, we'll be talking about a great way to practice this. In the questions, we discuss if the side spin backspin or the side spin backhand flick is overrated, whether you need a big swing against a backspin ball, and how targets can help you improve your serve. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Super Coach Alois Rosario is here to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Uh, thank you, Jeff. And uh, yes, uh, welcome back. Uh, we had a missing day yesterday, but we're back and ready to go. Another yes, yeah, we are indeed. And we've got a big show lined up. Um, I want to get into some of the ping skiller questions, Alois. And the last one we did on Monday was, what is your favorite serve and why? What were people saying about this question? Yeah, so pretty varied as, as we'd expect. Um, so Abanoob said um, heavy backspin serve and pendulum backspin serve, easy to play and easy to open the game after. So yeah, we'll be talking a bit about third ball later. Um, that's uh, yeah, the heavy backspin. Um, Luke Blythman said uh, Pargorel's dig style serve, so that's the punch serve that we call it. Um, it's quite effective. It's easy to disguise and hard to read the contact. Yeah, I find I find that hard to to read as well. Um, it does been slays all the noobs. Yeah, and that's uh, that is true. You know, when you just get a little bit of a kick on that short topspin serve, often players will push that ball up a bit higher and give you a good um, attacking opportunity. Um, Eugene said the pendulum serve easy and can spin, change the spin a lot. And uh, just by making a little change, you get different spins. Um, Naranjan sort of, you know, hedged his bets, tomahawk, punch, backhand. He likes them all. Um, and James Williams said, anything that gets me an ace. Brilliant. Yes. Well, I guess, you know, that is the point, Alois. Uh, you know, the best serve is not always the same serve for different opponents. Yeah, exactly. Like... Every, every person that you play um, will have um, something that they don't like. So um, often your best serve might be the size. Uh, experiment, change it up, see what you can find that is going to make it difficult for your opponent. You know, um, as I always say, sometimes the junk serve, you know, the one that you don't even do very well, because you're at it all. Um, so, yeah, I remember, remember playing against uh, Peng Hui Kwok, who was an Australian champion and also Vietnamese champion. And, um, yeah, brilliant. And, you know, like I've seen any different type of serve that I could and, you know, he'd be there and pushing it short and flicking it. But there was just, just this one, the junky backhand serve uh, that I was able to do that he didn't read very well at all. Um, like he was good in the rally after that, but yeah, he just didn't read that um, that serve very well. So um, yeah, so sometimes best against that particular player. Interesting, Alois. You are cutting out a little bit, but we're getting most of what you're saying. Um, with the the favourite serve, 
for me, kind of like your story there, I used to like a little, almost you call it a junk backhand serve, and I think people just weren't used to receiving it. So they they didn't return it as well as they would maybe my pendulum serve, which they're facing pendulum serves all day. So, yeah, I think that might have been my favourite serve. But you were quite famous for the high toss serve, Alois. Uh, yes, I did like the high toss serve. Yeah, that used to be a serve, I suppose, with, um, you know, whenever whenever I to to win a point. So, yeah, I used to do the high toss serve. And I remember, you know, we trained in China a long time and um, and uh, there the roofs were really high and, you know, throwing the ball up, you know, 10 metres, 15 metres and doing these serves. And, um, and you know, got it quite to a, to a stage where I was really comfortable. And I remember the first tournament we came back, uh, which was the old, some of you viewers out there might, uh, might know of that old Albert Park Stadium. And, you know, the first tournament I go there and I look up and there's these lights, you know, about two metres above my head. And I think, now what do I do? So, um, yeah, so you also <laughs> have to play to the conditions, guys. You do have to play to the conditions. All right. Uh, that moves us on to today's Pingskillers question of the day, which is, can Werner Schlager and Zoran Primorak match it with the big guns at the World Teams Championships? This is Schlager's 17th World Championships and Primorak's 18th. So jump on our Facebook page or on our blog and let us know how are Schlager and Primorak going to do at the World Championships. Wow. So they've, uh, they've they've just been added to their team. So Schlager, Schlager just added in um, and uh, replacing Havishon, I think, who's who's injured. Um, and Schlager's fourth old singles champion. And Primarak, yeah, um, 43 years old, former world singles champion, you know, coming back. And as you said, you know, his 17th World Championships, that's incredible. And then uh, Primorak, who's 46 years old, and I remember him at his first um, at his first World Championships in 1987 uh, where they um, they played in the final of the uh, the men's doubles there. So, uh, yeah, a long, long time, eight, 1987. Certainly. All right. Now, Alois, what happened on the 24th of February in history? Yes, well, a famous birthday, the great Steve Jobs, born in 1955, and... Uh, inventor and uh, co-founder of Apple, of course. Um, and, you know, it's really changed the world. Um, he oversaw the, um, you know, the, the iMac, the I- iTunes, iPods, iPads, iPhones, you know, like where would we be without those nowadays? So, uh, so Steve Jobs, yes, 1955 and tragically died in 2011, just aged 56. So, um, yes, birthday, Steve Jobs somewhere. Absolutely. And also, um, you know, was uh, CEO of Pixar, all the, uh, the, you know, great films and stuff, you know. So without Steve Jobs, we may never have seen such uh, great films that they've been producing either. So, you know, a really impactful career that he had in all sorts of industries. Um, yeah. 
Very interesting. Good one. All right, let's move on to the questions. See, and see, you're, like, you're like this on this day, don't you, Jeff? Oh yeah, that was it's, it's it's growing on me. That was good, nice, interesting segment. <laughs> All right, um, Spam Twenty has jumped on and asked a question live on the show, so thank you. He says, "What is the best place to, or which is the best place to put the pendulum serve at when I want to serve it short?" And any tips on how to do that? So serving short and putting enough spin on it. Yeah. So. Um... A little bit similar to what we talked about with uh, with the serving uh, just earlier. So the best place may be different against every single opponent that you play. So in general, though, try to play it fairly centrally on the table. If you start to go out too wide, it does harden it as well. Um, and when it goes wide and it only bounces once on the table, then it allows your opponent to, to swing Um to swing fully at that and play an attacking stroke. So, so in general, you know, a little bit more central, but then in that area, you can try to find their forehand, their backhand. Um, yeah, so it depends if they got a good uh, backhand side spin flick, if they got a good forehand return. So, yeah, just um, move it around a little bit and then try to try to find the best spot. And how do you get it short? If you if you brush it fast, you'll get spin. If you brush it finely and fast, then the ball will go short. If you hit it thick and flat, then the ball will go long. So get that really fine contact. And that's why serving needs so much um, practice time because you need to get that fine, fast contact um, to be able to control the ball and to get it short um, on the table as well. Yeah, great advice, Alois. Um, the internet connection there is struggling a little bit, but I think we're picking up most of what you're saying, so that's good. Um, now, with another another question about serving short, when you hit the ball, where do you want it to bounce on your side of the table to give it the best chance of being short when it goes over the net? Yeah, so um, you still want it to be fairly close to you. So if you if you get it out close to the net on your side, then it's going to be a really slow um, serve. So it's got to be slow to, to, to bounce up and over the net. So you want it to bounce um, fairly close to your side of the end of the table. So not necessarily right on the end, but, you know, maybe 30 centimetres in from, um, from your end of the table um, is probably a, a good place to aim for to get that ball to go short on your opponent's side as well. Okay, that makes sense. So then it then it can get a good angle over, stay low, but still be fast enough, but balance that with slow enough so it bounces twice on your opponent's side. Absolutely, that's it. It's just that happy balance. Excellent. Good one. All right, thanks for the question. All right. Um, now, Marson has asked, is the side spin backhand flick overrated? Yeah, so um, so there's a bit of an extended question there that I couldn't quite fit in. But yeah, Marson um, had a link to um, Ovcharov playing. I can't even remember who he was playing now, sorry. But um, yeah, so Ovcharov um, uh, serves the ball short and his opponent does this backhand side spin flick. But Ovcharov is there and ready um, to return that because the backhand side spin flick isn't um, effective enough um, in that rally. 
So, you know, so he, he does ask the question, is it overrated? Because if you're flicking all the time and um, a lot of the time you're flicking cross court, you know, it's almost predictable for the server. So if I serve the ball short out there, I know that you're going to do the backhand side spin flick into my backhand. I can serve, be ready, and then, you know, punch that next one out or counter top spin that next one out. You know, I, yeah, I do see um, a lot of players trying to use the backhand side spin flick perhaps too much, um, especially especially at the lower levels. You know, the, at the top level, yeah, I mean, that, that side spin flick is really a, a good stroke and they can play it quite fast. But if in a game situation, your backhand side spin flick is quite slow and you're just lifting the ball over and almost opening the game up for your opponent, then then I don't think it is effective and I think it is a bit overrated. Um, you know, I, I would much rather in those situations see see you just pushing that ball short or keeping it tighter so that uh, your opponent um, can't make, uh, make a good third ball attack or punch the ball back at you. So, yeah, just experiment for yourself um, and just see... Uh, what works, but, you know, don't think, okay, if I can flick it, then that's what I should be doing uh, because, you know, the big boys are doing that. Um, think about when I flick, is it effective? Am I um, gaining the advantage in the rally? If not, then the push is better. Interesting, yeah. Like you said, you see the top players doing it, so I guess that encourages everyone to have a go at it. And... At the top level, Alois, it seems really effective. I know Ovtrov was maybe in that game getting used to it and ready for it, but what's the alternative isn't great either for playing against Ovtrov. I mean, yeah, he's got a good serve. It's hard to keep it short, a lot of pressure. So it is an interesting one, and I think people should, like, you know, practice the backhand sidesman flick. But as Alois said, if, you, if it comes down to it and it's the game's on the line what's going to work best for you. And maybe it's a bit of a mix, but the short push really is critical. If you can do that against, you know, a lower level player, they're not going to be able to attack it that well. So, yeah, interesting discussion, yeah. Alice. Yeah, it was. Um, I just had a look here. So that match was actually against uh, Marcos Freitas. So, you know, a, a, gr- a great opponent. Um, yeah, and, you know, even his... And these were critical points, you know, that was, I mean, maybe it was 10-9 and... Um, Ovtrov served short and Freitas got in and, and made the made the backhand side spin flick, but but Dimmer was just there and ready and he almost knew what was going to happen and bang, you know, he was able to counter it. So, yeah, experiment for yourself. See how good your backhand side spin flick is, but don't just think that if I can flick it, I'm going to flick it. Um, that may not be the best option. Yes, good question, uh, Marcin. All right, next up is a question from Dirk who says, is it necessary to start with the forehand topspin under the table even when you have to answer heavy backspin or is it possible to produce the speed to receive a heavy backspin over the table when you speed up in a shorter range of motion and hit at the peak? Yeah, so you, you I mean, you can. So what, what he's talking about there is you can, um, if the ball um, is has got a lot of backspin, you can get enough speed and contact there to grip the ball and lift it at that angle to get it up and over the net. The only the only issue I have with those strokes is that you have to be absolutely perfect with it. 
if you're not fast enough, the ball's going to drop off. If you don't quite get the angle right, the ball's not going to go onto the table. So it's a very, very small margin for error type of stroke. It can be effective, yes, but um, as far as margins go, it's not really the way to go. Um, you know, I would much rather see players um, starting lower, as you say, below the, the table level and coming up in a more vertical action. Um, it's a much safer stroke um, and, it's, and it's still an effective stroke. You know, from there, you can actually vary the speed um, of the, the top spin as well. So you can, you can play a slower ball, you can play a faster ball um, and um, the angle that you're coming um, up on um, allows you to lift that ball over the net, especially when there is that heavy backspin. You know, you, you do see, um, again, the better players um, off that backspin ball, they can come up and go bang and really get over the top of it. You know, I suppose Gatien was one of the first, um, that, the French group that came through at that stage were the first to to really start to make, you know, this sort of um, forehand. Um, and I remember <clears throat> them saying that stage that, you know, that any ball can be um, played like that as long as you, you get your bat coming through fast enough and there's enough friction on it. But it's not really a safe stroke, and that require it requires so many hours of practice, um, and you know you really do need to be a high level to be able to play that stroke. Otherwise, you're going to be a fifty fifty proposition, and it's not worth doing. Yeah, well, Gassian he was really good at it, but there's not a lot of players since that have had that shorter sort of swing and the really fast swing. I think, yeah, the better players these days seem to be, well, all the Chinese, obviously, who all have really big swings. And um, that seems to be, you know, more the style that is successful at the moment. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, let's look at what the Chinese do. Yep, can't go too wrong with that. All right. Um, Your internet connection has really picked up, Alois. It's all good now. Um. Filippo has asked the next question. He says, I really enjoyed the new Pendulum Service video. Um, So recently we did refilm our Pendulum Serve video in HD and all our premium members can see that. So if you're not a premium member, consider getting a premium membership. Find out more at pingskills.com. But he says he especially enjoyed where we set targets, which are very helpful. And he says, would it be possible to indicate what targets to set for all other types of serves? That would be very useful. Yeah, a good point, Filippo. And Filippo, we always say, Filippo, you were, I think, our first premium member ever. So uh, so we always love to hear from you, Filippo. And I had the opportunity to meet Filippo um, four years ago now in London at the London Paralympics. Um, anyway, um, yeah, Filippo... I like your idea. Um, so what we've done with the new Pendulum Serve is that um, we've not only shown you how to do the Pendulum Serve, but we've also set you, set you some some um, little challenges uh, that you can do. So by putting some cones on the table and getting the ball to travel um, in and out of those cones, uh, you can start to really picture and see the type of spin and, and what you're trying to do with the ball um, with the pendulum serve. So for any of your other serves, yes, you can do, you can set yourself those targets as well. So for example, the, um, the tomahawk serve, you're not going to, um, with the, with the pendulum, we have the ball going 
out and back in between some cones. So with the pendulum serve, you're not really aiming for that amount of backspin, but you are aiming for curve. So, with so the what tomahawk serve? Oh, sorry, with the tomahawk serve. Yes, um, you're aiming for some curve. So put some cones on the other end of the table um, and try to get that ball to curve. You know, on the path that you're looking for. So um, yeah, so experiment a little bit with yourself for yourself as to where you want that ball to go on the table for your serve and then um, set some targets so that you can then uh, get that ball to curve through that through that area and see how many times you can get that ball to control uh, and control it through those areas. Absolutely, yes. And we do have a new version of the reverse pendulum serve and the tomahawk serve videos coming out soon, Filippo, so stay tuned for those. All right, Alois, that moves us on to the drill of the week. Talk I'm about bit, the third ball attack. A bit thrown out here, Jeff. The drill of the week, this late in the piece, what's going on? Yeah, just mixing it up. I like it. Yeah, I think I like it. Okay. So drill of the week <laughs> this week is, as Jeff talked about earlier, the third ball. So third ball is so important, um, and especially if you're thinking about playing in a tournament or you've got an important match coming up, then try to focus a lot of your um, training around the third ball. So what is the third ball? The third ball is um, the third ball in the rally. So um, the serve is the first ball, the return of serve is the second ball, and then your next shot is the third ball. So we talk about playing an attacking um, third ball. So a couple of things. First, you need to think about what serve you're going to do to set that up. So if you just do a junk serve or a really bad serve, junk serves can be good, as we heard earlier. Um, if you do a bad serve and the, and your opponent attacks it, then your the third ball is going to be a defensive third ball rather than attacking third ball. So how do we get an attacking third ball? By serving the ball effectively. You know, usually it's by serving it short, um, serving it with a spin that uh, your opponent doesn't like to generate that. So what I find is a really good way to focus your mind on that third ball is to just see how many times that you're putting that third ball on the table. So the way that you, you score it is I serve, you push it back, and I topspin that next ball on the table. So out of 10 times, just see how many times you make that third ball on the table. So that gives you a really good indication of your consistency. And you'll probably be, probably be surprised as to your score. You know, really, at a simple situation, you should be getting 8, 9, or 10 out of 10 um, for that third ball drill. If you're not, peel it back a little bit slow it down so that you are getting that ball on the table. And I often say, even if you're just doing a really simple shot, I want that ball to go on the table first. If it's not going on the table, then your opponent is winning the point way too easily. So slow it down, focus on making sure that that third ball goes on the table. And then once you start to get your eights, nines and tens at that pace, then you can speed it up a little bit. And then you can start to play with more spin, more speed, all that sort of stuff, and, and then start to think about the placement as well. But if you're not getting the ball on the table on that third ball, then there's something that you need to slow down, take a step backwards. Right, gotcha. So this is really a, you know, a pattern that occurs a lot 
in game. So it makes a lot of sense to practice it like this. So you start with a backspin serve. Your training partner will push the ball long to you. And then you'll try your forehand topspin or the third ball and count how many you can get on. Do that 10 times in a row and track your score. Keep working on that until you can get it up to eight, nines and tens. And then you can start working on more things like faster and placement and everything like that. Great drill. Get out on the table this week and give it a go. You definitely said it more succinctly than I did, Jeff. I was waffling a bit. <laughs> you were waffling a bit, but it's interesting to, you know, to hear about the importance of third ball. And it, like we said, it is so important in table tennis. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. That, that third ball is important. So, um, yeah, get onto the drill. Do it a lot this week. And especially if you do have tournaments or a match coming up, um, try it for a week or so and see, um, see how much you can improve. Brilliant. All right. That wraps up show 228. Thanks, everyone, for watching. And thank you, Alloys. Thank you, Jeffrey. And we will see you tomorrow. Bye.